0: That's what we pledged to do when we started medical school. And that's what I thought I was dedicating my life to. And yet I was one step away from an awful end.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, one of your co-hosts of the podcast and lead coach at Doc Working. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Doc Working Thrive, where we provide coaching, brain-based stress management tools and peer support for physicians and other healthcare professionals. Check it out at docworking.com. I am super excited about our conversation today. We are very lucky to have Tammy Chang, MD. She's a board-certified physician in pediatric hematology and oncology and co-founder of Pink Coat MD, an uplifting community to empower women physicians. And her new book, Boundaries for Women Physicians, Love Your Life and Career in Medicine, focuses on understanding that to heal and serve others, you have to first focus on having a healthy body, spirit, and mind. And she really highlights the importance of boundaries in a physician's life to avoid burnout, stress, and exhaustion. And Tammy, as I told you, when we were talking earlier, I read the book, loved it. It's so clear. And I just really liked how you took your own lived experience, as well as highlighting a couple of other women physicians who you knew their story intimately to be able to really give clear examples of what happens when women physicians don't have boundaries or self-care, what the consequences of that are. So thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you so much for having
1: me. It's a joy. So let's talk first of all about kind of your origin story. Talk about what led you to medicine and then where that point was where you were like, wait a second, something here needs to change. This can't be how it's supposed to be.
0: Absolutely. I would never in a million years imagine I'd be doing what I'm doing now, and I don't think most of us in the space anticipate that either. So, not unlike a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, and other docs out there, I've wanted to be a doc since I was a teenager. Very early on, experiences taking care of Alzheimer's patients, just being involved in their care, and like honestly, I was just a teenager, right? So I was going and spending time, and it was so meaningful. And I so I knew from that time that I wanted to do something. I don't know what that was going to be, how I was going to serve others. Fast forward go through all those years of training, I absolutely fell in love with oncology and pediatric oncology. I felt like I found my calling. That's where I'm meant to be to help be part of that difficult journey for families and patients. And then you fast forward after all those years of training, where we go through training and really literally takes almost two decades to get there. And five years out of training, I was at St. Jude, finished my first job and was now in my new job in the Pacific Northwest. And I hit rock bottom not unlike a lot of us in this space who are so passionate about helping other physicians and other clinicians, not only prevent burnout, but to thrive, right? Just like you're, the work you're doing. I hit rock bottom myself. I was so severely depressed that I was actually suicidal. And I share that very openly because it's actually the, the silent story of so many other physicians, especially physicians who are women. And we know we're going to talk about it, women too as well today. And everything has come out of that time for me.
1: And so if you don't mind telling us, obviously it is a rock bottom moment, suicidal ideations and just the challenges of thinking, I, you know, the distorted thinking of thinking you'd rather be gone than to, to face what was in front of you. Was it overworking the number of hours? Was it the type of work? Was it the combination of those
0: things? What would you say were the
1: contributing factors?
0: All of those, I think, is <laughs> a combination of everything. So I think already pediatric oncology lends itself. It's such a high empathy field, and it's very difficult to not take on the pain of your your patients and your families who you just care for so deeply. That's why we do this work. So there's already that piece. We, We take on so much, probably even more empathy than some other fields lend themselves to be. Then there was a period of understaffing, overwork a lot of personal and collective trauma. So my, my colleague's daughter passed away from metastatic breast cancer in her twenties, right? Like very traumatic to just watch a colleague go through that. Another colleague got melanoma himself. And then we had multiple members of our own team going through cancer treatment. Then we had record numbers of new oncology diagnoses, peds, relapses and deaths for us that year. So leading up until that time, we probably had maybe about 50 to 60 per year. And then that one year we jumped up to 107. So it, it gives you a sense of the huge number jump. And then also my own lack of boundaries as a young person, I was five years out of training. So in my late thirties and had never done anything, but take everything on and take everything on as my responsibility. So I think it was a combination of all those things. I totally understand that. And as I think it's JK Rowling, you said famously
1: rock bottom is the most solid foundation to begin to build a new future. And so Mm -hmm. for you, it was that point because the rock bottom was a catalyst for you to get help. And you write about the fact that when you first sought that outside perspective, not having boundaries was one of the first things that was reflected back to you that you recognized. And gosh, I see it so often in my physician clients in yeah. other conversations on the podcast. So often the highly, highly achieving physicians just believe that the harder they work, the more somebody else is going to recognize that they'll take care of their needs and make sure they don't have to keep overworking because darn it, you're doing such a good A-plus job. And so there just comes this realization at some point, hopefully sooner than later, that nobody else is going to create those boundaries for you. You have to do it yourself. Can you talk a little bit about your awakening to that discovery of the need for boundaries?
0: Absolutely. I actually think my discovery came, it took some time. And actually, I love that. I love so much that you're a coach as well, because along the way, what I've done therapy for over 20 years, but it was when I first discovered coaching that everything changed. And it was the first time I began to understand or see these things from the outside. And so it was actually probably about six months of coaching later that that started to sink in. So it took like six months. And of course, by then I was like totally on the coaching train. I'm like, I got to become, I got, what is this coaching stuff? I got to learn this magic. Right. And then of course I had no intention, but I became a coach along the way myself. I think I recognize I had no boundaries (laughs) pretty much. And I also began to reflect back on the culture of medicine and how we're trained. Brandon, I'm at this one specific phase of my career, and I hope I'm still on the early part of my career. I hope I'll do this a long time, but I think it's even stronger in those who are older than me and generations before me, where it's all about the giving, 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 putting the patient first, putting your own needs on the back burner. And That's what we pledged to do when we started medical school. And that's what I thought I was dedicating my life to. And yet I was one step away from an awful end to that life and career. And sadly, that is the case for so many others. So that's why.
1: I really love how you define this. This was new to me, this particular language in your book. You describe boundaries as protecting your life energy. And I just, I really want everybody to take that in because almost to a person, every particularly woman physician I've coached, which is a lot now over the last 12 Mm. years, there's a sense that somehow creating boundaries or saying no particularly is selfish. And so when you think about boundaries as protecting your life energy, that's not selfish, that's smart. And the only thing we can do in order to be able to give and serve to others. So I I just really like the way that you language that.
0: Thank you. It resonates for me very deeply because at the end of the day, right? Like we're talking about incredible human beings. I mean, I think every human being is incredible Mm -hmm. and precious in their own right. But in particular, if we're talking about physicians, I mean, they have, we're talking about a special, unique segment of the population who is Mm -hmm. driven A plus, like you said before, right? To do good for others. We've essentially put our own personal needs on the back burner for years. And so in order to continue to do that incredible work, and to serve others in the way that we know we're capable of helping others, we got to be okay. We got to preserve that life energy. And that's what's missing, I think, from our culture.
1: Yeah. And I think thinking about preserving your life energy, creating boundaries to preserve your life energy really ties into um, some of the other research you cited in your book that I'm familiar with as well from Kristen Neff, talking about this idea that self-compassion Because when you can recognize, I got to have some boundaries to protect my life energy, and that's a way that I can be compassionate with myself and my needs so that I can support the needs of others. And it turns out self-compassion is linked to lower levels of anxiety and depression. Yet, ironically, many physicians feel like it's their job to beat themselves up and to use sometimes the least amounts of self-compassion than I see with any other sector of human that I work with. And so- understanding that the research says self-compassion is generative and and supports meaningful work, yet there's a lot of culture of self-criticism that I think needs to be examined as well. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Oh, yeah. Our culture in medicine, and it's not that it's necessarily unique from other industries, but we got a very specific culture in medicine, and it's it's like a couple centuries old, right? And it is so much about I, I can't even remember when I started to beat myself up inside, but it definitely got really strong during medical school and training and beyond. And that's what's, it's a very much a shame and blame culture externally. And then it, it's like amplified on the inside. Right. And so it, I, I think it's so ingrained in us to be hard on ourselves. And it's actually so interesting. Self-compassion. I was just at this conference and heard Dr. Tate Shanafelt speak, who is the preeminent expert in physician burnout today. And he was talking about Our self-compassion is like down there (laughs) as physicians, and it's a huge driver of burnout for us.
1: It's such a different way of thinking. It's kind of retraining almost what was trained into you, right? In the grueling (laughs) medical training is don't think about yourself. And if you do, only think about yourself with harsh criticism. And so to be able to recognize this as a way to reverse and begin to heal from burnout, I think is a very Mm -hmm. powerful, um, powerful thing to bring to awareness. So you talk also in the book about just how it's rewarded through medical school residency for working before and after shifts and nights and weekends and how that gets trained in. And you talk about that alone, being clear with the boundaries around your time and what you're willing to do outside of your work hours as being a really important place to begin to to strengthen boundaries so that you can create a sustainable longer-term career. Talk a little bit more about that, and what kind of an impact it's had on you to
0: get your boundaries short
1: up around working.
0: I think it took me personally hitting rock bottom and almost quitting medicine completely and honestly wanting to just not be around anymore because I didn't want to have to work anymore to wake up to that and then and my hope right is through all this work that you and I are both doing and all your podcast and all this there's so much great work going on in our community across the country is to change that now. So no one has to get to that point to wake up and go, Oh, maybe I need to change my life in some way. So I, I truly believe like you talked about those tr- early training years, it has to start at the beginning. I mean, I really think this stuff should start in college pre-med it's already stressful and, and competitive enough. And then you throw kids into medical school and they're young and formative and they're indoctrinated. We are indoctrinated into this culture and Even if it's unspoken, it's modeled. And so I think we today have such a responsibility, those of us who are working in physicians and want to see a future of medicine to change now so that we can model the kind of behavior and honestly self-awareness and self-leadership that we want for our next generation, which is our students and our trainees. Powerful. So if you are coaching
1: a very, very busy physician who's in that moderate, moving towards severe burnout phase, What would you say is a great place to start when it comes to thinking about reversing the burnout, the overwhelm trajectory, and creating some boundaries to protect that life energy so it's more sustainable as a career in the long run? Where would be a starting place for you working with somebody in that Mm. position?
0: I want to hear your starting place too. (laughs) Next, No, I can learn from you. I take it to the very beginning. I start with what is our why, with a capital W, what are your core values as a human being? separate from your identity as a physician, like who are you as a human being? What's non-negotiable for you and what's most important to you start there. And we spend a lot of time there until that's super clear. And then we move out from there because until we know that it's really hard to figure out the muck of all this other stuff. And that's not stuff that's part of our training still in medicine.
1: Yeah, very true. I, I would agree. Values yeah. or just the simpler way of saying that is what matters to you. Martin Seligman's work and others in positive psychology would say that you know this is, this is character strengths or values in action is a much more sustainable power source to plug into long term. And so I think it is great to start with thinking about replugging in if you've kind of gotten disconnected from your values. Also, I find that when somebody's really in that more moderate towards severe burnout situation, it's helpful to start with what are your needs? Because mm-hmm. I find often physicians are so good at being other focused and others, the needs of others that when I ask them that, sometimes they just give me a blank stare, like, what do you mean? I'm like, what are your needs? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. And
0: I don't know I say, what that about things is. like <laughs> no one's ever nutritious food, <laughs> sleep,
1: and exercise. And they're like, oh my gosh, yes. And then we'll kind of make a list from there. And then I ask them to circle how many of their needs are being met. And it's shocking mm-hmm. to me how many physicians are not circling even that their most basic needs are being met. And so to me, that's a place to start. Then we get into what are your needs to thrive and how do we creatively work together to help you make space for the things that make you thrive, not just survive. And how do we meet those needs and why does it matter to you, as you said, from the values perspective? So yeah, that's where we end up starting a lot of times, as you said, for people that are in that rock bottom place, just really losing connection to their needs. Is that an experience you've seen as well?
0: Oh yeah. And that was me too. I mean, that was the very first thing. I think when I finally realized I needed to ask for help, I was like, everyone help me <laughs> thankfully. So I at least felt that I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to be better. And the very first things were like, how are you sleeping? Are mm-hmm. you eating? Where, how are you exercising? <laughs> like the basics, right? right? Which sure. Are the first things to go. It's
1: not that, that any physician doesn't know this. Obviously they know that at the molecular level, all of the data that most human beings don't we're understand about why us. it's needed. <laughs> It's just that knowing, doing gap, right? And it just feels like it's so much more important to help other people have their needs met to the point where you, you forget, as you said, your life energy just goes away at some point if you're not meeting your needs.
0: Our, our priorities, our personal needs, our, our pyramid is inverted.
1: Yeah, very well said. I think that's the message I can't say it often enough in as many different ways as I can. We're just leaving too many passionate, brilliant people astray from what their purpose is by having the institution of medicine pound the life out of too many people who really are meant to be fantastic healthcare providers. So these conversations I think are more important than ever. And speaking of that, the Surgeon General recently came out with something that I think brings this conversation to the forefront. Can you talk a little about that?
0: Oh yeah. He named the burnout of healthcare workers the number one national priority right now. And he came out with an advisory. It's a 75 page document. So well-written and it's distills it down and it breaks it down for like, if you are an organization, this is what you need to do. If you're involved in like state law, this is what you need to do. If you are a patient, this is, you know, like it's well-written. That's good. That's very
1: good to know. It's important. And do you think it's going to help more people
0: take this seriously in the way that it needs to be taken seriously? It's pushed it to the forefront yet again and i mean if we can we're all rallying around this right and the more we can put this in the forefront of not only the people in healthcare but like the general public i think that's where the power is if it's not in a written down in a law things take a long time to happen and even then they take a long time so i think this is important for all of us because really we're talking about the well-being of physicians you and i today but it impacts everyone right all the other healthcare workers but then our patients and our patients families and then our communities And it just keeps going, right? We of course care so much about the individual physicians and caretakers themselves. I mean, that goes without saying, but the ripple effects are huge when we can really take our people. That's the whole point of this entire field of healthcare is to care for everyone. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. So Tammy
1: Chang today compared to Tammy Chang at rock bottom, as you got coached and really saw a very different perspective on the life that you wanted to live and create for yourself, then began coaching and now have a chance to put your own coaching into play in your own life. What does it look like for you that's different than when you were at that
0: rock bottom? Oh, I was a different person. But I think I'm also so much more myself than I have ever been in my entire life. And I'm still learning. I'm like my word this year, you're going to laugh. Well, I laugh. My word this year, my goal is ease. E A S E, because I'm the opposite. Like I am not a chill person <laughs> and I know it, right? So each year and each month that goes by is a new learning part of my journey too. I am learning to become more the person that I I long for other people to be able to be. So I I think I'm much more myself now than I have been in my whole life. I'm much more, I'm even that much more on fire to be an advocate for change than I have ever been in my whole life. And I'm I'm like truly grateful for that rock bottom place because I would never be here had it not been for that.
1: Yeah. I can totally relate. And I too, in the past have chosen ease as my word of the year. This okay. year it was, <laughs> year it, was con, it was contentment because those are spaces mm. where we think they just sort of come naturally to people, but it, it hasn't for most of us. And so it is a place of cultivating and looking for that space and that energy in our lives. So I love that that's where it's taken you. And I love that the path of looking for ease actually makes you more fully embodied as who you were meant to be in the world. That's really inspiring and what all of us want on our path to self-actualization. So thank you so much for your candor. I really highly recommend to everybody that you check out Tammy Chang, MD's book, Boundaries for Women Physicians, Love Your Life and Career in Medicine, just released earlier in 2022 and available where all books are sold. And Tammy, if somebody else wants to learn more about what you do, how can they find you?
0: Oh yeah. I have two websites, www.tammychangmd.com, So it's Tammy with an I E. And I also have www.pinkcoatmd.com as well. That's my other platform I do with my med school classmate from Brown. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for telling your story, for being willing to be an inspiration for other women physicians and for helping to pave their way to make this a meaningful and impactful and life-giving career. We really enjoyed having you here today. Thank you
0: so much for having me.
1: And thanks to all of you for joining us. Make sure you share this with your friends and colleagues and others who you know will also learn and be impacted, as well as go to DocWorking.com today to learn more about how DocWorking Thrive can help train your brain to deal with stress better, to get better coaching, and all the other resources that we have available to support you in your life in medicine. Until next time, I'm Jill Farmer on DocWorking, The Whole Physician Podcast.
2: At Doc Working, we're here to help you maximize your potential on your own terms and help you live your best life. You told us what you need and want, and we built this for you. Whatever your journey is, you have options. You can choose to live the life you want to live. We see you. We get you. And now, let's get you in the driver's seat of your own life so you can find purpose in your work and everything you do and every choice you make. Top executives, athletes, actors all achieve greatness with the support of professional coaches. As a healthcare professional, you deserve ongoing coaching support toward achieving your career goals and living your best life as you define it on your own terms. We have created this specifically for you with CME credit at docworking.com. Please go to docworking.com and check out our quick balance to burnout quiz to see where you are on the balance to burnout continuum right now. The results might surprise you. Taking this simple first step may change your life for the better. And until next time, Thank you for listening to Doc Working, The Whole Physician Podcast.